Today's episode is brought to you by Taft Law and its Franchise Advance Program, a one-of-a-kind program developed by your host, Josh Brown, to help entrepreneurs assess, convert, and grow your business the right way through sound franchise structures. To learn more, go to taftlaw.com and type Franchise Advance Program in the search bar. If you think like, act like, or are trying to grow like a franchise, then the Franchise Euphoria podcast is for you. Hello and welcome everybody. Josh Brown here. And I created this podcast for one main goal, to help people who are trying to grow their business through franchising or franchise-like structures to do it the right way. I've been practicing law now as a franchise lawyer for many, many years, and I've seen it done the right way and the wrong way. And this podcast is not filled with a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Rather, I talk with real people, people who have been there, have done it, are doing it right now. And I also dive deep into specific topics related to franchising. So if this is of interest to you, you are at the right place. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to Franchise Euphoria. Happy 2023 to everybody out there. Uh, Thrilled to be putting out um, a new episode here today. Uh, Today I have on Ted Latz, who is the president of a franchise called Success Space, uh, which is an emerging co-working concept that's a subsidiary of EXP World Holdings. Each space at Success Space comes equipped with a cafe, event space, metaverse technology, professional coaching services, and more, all housed within a collaborative co-working environment. Currently, there are 10 locations in development across multiple states, and the brand is on track to open its first location in 2023, which is pretty impressive given that they only started franchising in 2021. Ted can speak to uh, a number of topics, and he does, uh, including growing an emerging brand, the process behind signing your first 10 franchisees, and he offers details on the model itself, which is a unique co-working concept, I must say. With the metaverse being a big topic right now, uh, Ted also uh, discusses um, and gives a little advice to other brands that are looking for ways to incorporate technology into their model. So I think this is a great way to kick off uh, 2023 with a a newer concept that's supported by a company that's been around uh, for a long time. I hope you enjoy this interview with Ted Latz. Hi, Ted. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing? Josh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you know, excited to have you on. Uh, you're the president of Success Space, which is an emerging co-working concept um, that I also know is a subsidiary of EXP World Holdings. So we'll talk a, we'll talk a good amount uh, during this interview uh, about the Success Space uh, franchise and kind of what you're what you're doing in the co-working space. Uh, but before we dive into that, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, sure. So uh, again, thanks for having me on. And um, you know, in terms of the franchising industry specifically, um, you know, at one point I owned a, a large uh, real estate franchise, and uh, then I moved on and helped launch a uh, national uh, real estate franchise. Um, so, and, uh, you know, that's uh, still in existence today. 
went on from there uh, eventually and uh, started working with uh, EXP Realty, um, which is not a franchise, but it's a national real estate company um, and did, you know, various roles there. I, I uh, tend to, you know, launch different brands and businesses. Um, and so in that, uh, you know, launched various departments inside of uh, uh, EXP Realty. And uh, then the opportunity that came along to kind of bridge the gap and, and do both again. Um, and so we started talking about inside of EXP World Holdings, we started talking about a co-working concept. Uh, the CEO, Glenn Sanford, and I. And uh, so, um, you know, eventually we kind of developed the concept and, and launched this uh, co-working brand franchise uh, here recently. So um, my career has basically spawned uh, both in, in franchising in general and um, in, uh, in real estate. So tell me about success space and tell me about, obviously, we're in a world now, uh, co-working um, has become um, quite popular um, along with remote working and sort of the, the crossover there. So, so talk to me about um, how success space came about uh, and what you guys are trying to achieve with it. Sure. So, um, you know, a few different things. When you look at the co-working industry um, in general, what it basically has been is call it 15 to 20,000 square foot locations, uh, downtown major market areas, right? So when you think of uh, maybe Regis or WeWork or uh, any of those, you know, again, 15, 20,000 square feet, class A buildings, uh, you know, downtown major markets. And uh, what we did is we looked and said, okay, um, the the way people work has changed, right? People aren't going downtown to the to the office complexes anymore, uh, or not as much. I shouldn't say you know 100% not, but uh, you know more and more people are working out of their homes um, and aren't, aren't making that drive to downtown. And so what we did is we wanted to fill that gap, and so we created a model uh, that is to be placed. Uh, out in the suburbs where people live, you know, so I always say where they used to get on the on-ramp is where we want to be, not not where they got off the on-ramp, right? <laughs> um, and so, you know, and again, with that, I've, I've done enough businesses over my lifetime where I'm a firm believer in uh, multiple revenue streams and low overhead. And so in developing the model, uh, again, whereas a typical co-working facility might be 15 or 20,000 square feet in class A space, which I would, you know, suggest is high overhead and then have, you know, one revenue stream, which is co-working. What we've designed is a 5,000 plus or minus square foot space, um, that has multiple revenue streams. And we refer to the three main ones as the three C's, co-working, cafe and coaching. Uh, and then there's some minor revenue streams with mailboxes and events and, and things along those lines. Um, but again, we're trying to, you know, make sure that we have a business that is uh, resilient with those multiple revenue streams and the low overhead. And so is the model that you're, you're it looks like you've got about 10 locations in development. Um, across which states are they in development right now? 
Uh, yeah, I think we're actually closer to 15 right now. And, um, you know, there are a little bit of everywhere. We have three. Uh, our first three, just by happenstance, will most likely be in Texas. We'll have a couple in Florida, uh, a couple in Alabama, uh, one in Louisiana. Um, but then from there, we have Virginia, New York, California. Um, so, you know, a little bit of everywhere. And then is the idea that you're going to go and find franchisees in these various territories, they're going to go and and probably lease a building and then and then go fill it up, you know, go build out the space and and put the cafe in and, and put the build out the, you know, X number of co-working type spaces and then go get uh, essentially members uh, to come in, pay that fee, and uh, you know, here's the, the the benefits that they that they get. I mean, is that is that the model, or is it is it a combination of a franchisee coming in and leasing the space, and or buying the real estate, and then building the actual structure, and then going in and getting the members? So uh, you know, your point is is right on. Pro- I would say probably eighty to ninety percent are going to be leasing the space. You know, some might have their own building uh, already, or or build their own building, you know, um, something along those lines. Uh, but, you know, I would say 80 to 90% will uh, lease space. Uh, our sweet spot is in the strip center where people go um, to get their groceries, to work out, to take their dry cleaning, whatever it might be. Uh, that's where we, we want to be. Uh, on that 5,000 square feet, Josh, uh, the first 1,500 is a cafe. And that cafe, if you can think of like Starbucks or Panera, you know, someone once said to me that Starbucks is a co-working facility. They just do it one latte at a time. Um, <laughs> That's and, true. Uh, That's yeah, true. right. And so that 1,500 square foot space is open to the public. Um, you know, it's a, a three-part day. So uh, it actually has breakfast, lunch, and, uh, and you know, quasi-dinner um, available to it. Uh, the back 3,500 square feet is the co-working facility, so much smaller than a typical co-working facility. Um, but we're able to do that because of two reasons. Number one, uh, in light of COVID and kind of the change, uh, we do much smaller offices. We don't have the big offices that hold five people, six people. Uh, you know, we can do phone booth type offices, one person type offices, maybe uh, a two person office. Um, and then we also have a difference in that we have a proprietary bill by the minute model uh, versus the bill by the month model that the, you know, most of the larger facilities are going with. Uh, so we can actually generate, you know, higher revenue per square foot utilizing that model. And then we also have that coach. Well, wait, talk about that. Talk about that for a second. So, you know, typically in these kind of businesses, you know, as you alluded to, you know, you 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 get your members and they're paying a monthly fee, depending on, you know, some, maybe they pay more for a little bit of a bigger co-working space. Maybe they pay less, maybe they pay more for uh, more amenities. But what you're saying is, is it's a bill by the minute. So is it, it's, it's a bill by how much they're actually in the space? Correct. So we'll, we will have some offices that'll be billed by the month. um, But very, very few of those, most of our offices and our spaces will be built by the minute. And so here's, here's the theory, Josh, right? So uh, someone can go into the cafe, uh, grab their coffee and their pastry. Um, you know, they might be working and have to take a Zoom call or just or concentrate more, right? Sometimes the cafe area gets a little noisier 
And so they can go back into the back section if they're a member and take an office to either have that call like this, right? Um, or, um, you know, again, if they just need to focus for a while or, or whatever it might be, uh, they can take an office for, you know, whether it's 10 minutes or three hours or whatever it might be and get billed by the minute versus having to take that office for the entire month. That's interesting. I, I've honestly never heard of that. Um, are there others that do that? Or are you guys kind of creating that model? We're creating that model, uh, again, because when we're looking at the shift in the market and right, and then keeping our overhead low, um, we can generate more per square footage, more revenue uh, by doing it that way. But it's actually a benefit to the consumer as well, because they're not locked into a, an office that, you know, they're not going to use for the entire month, right? They're, you know, how often are they actually going to be there? Yeah, and is um is is the uh, cafe is that proprietary too to the franchise, or are you guys going to be co-branding with other brands, or is it going to be an independent that's coming in, or how how's the cafe work? Yeah, it's proprietary to us. We've created our own menu. We have our own suppliers. It's, you know, it's all part of the uh, the franchise itself. And and tell me about the. Because there's those three pieces, cafe, co-work, and coaching. So we talked a little bit about cafe. We talked about the co-working space. Tell me about the coaching. Yeah, and so a lot of people aren't um, familiar with coaching, right, uh, depending on the industry that you might be in or, or not. Uh, and so what we have is a certified success coach. You know, to take it one step, we are, um, you know, success is actually success enterprises from Success Magazine, which has been around for 125 years, which is a personal development magazine. Um, and so, um, the, you know, part of that group is uh, certified success coaches. And so we will have a certi certified success coach in each one of these locations. And that success coach can serve two purposes. One for entrepreneurs, they can provide, you know, business coaching and, and be available to bounce off uh, ideas and stuff. So how many, how many, you know, sole proprietors or small businesses, you know, really have anybody to, to talk to about their business and bounce ideas off of? So that coach is there for them. And then conversely, it's also there for, uh, you know, whether it's a corporate employee, executive, whatever it might be for personal development purposes. Uh, and, and helping them with, you know, things like EQ and, and whatnot. And so um, we really, you know, one, one word that but they're just going to be around like, so, so they're just going to be at, they'll be at the space on a daily basis or how is the coaching piece work? They will be. Yeah. They will be full time in that space available for people to meet with. That's fascinating. It really, I mean, really interesting brand and obviously dovetailing off of the success Um uh, magazine and history and focal point on personal development. Who who came up with this concept? Uh, mainly Glenn Sanford, who's the CEO of EXP World Holdings. Uh, you know, he he kind of came to me with the idea, and we worked on it together, and and uh, you know, put it put it all together, and now you see what uh, what we've come out with. And I know you guys are also going to have metaverse type technology. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So if you look at our one of our sister companies, which is EXP Realty, they are a national real estate brand that doesn't have any brick and mortar offices. Uh, they actually, you know, utilized virtual office space before it was cool, so to speak. 
Um, you know, they, they started back in 2009. Um, and one of the companies owned by EXP World Holdings is called Verbella. And Verbella is a, a metaverse company. Um, you know, again, EXP Realty uh, has their own metaverse campus that they run that entire company out of. Uh, and there are other companies that are, um, you know, leasing that product from Verbella uh, to run their companies out of. And it's a product that we're going to be offering as well, <clears throat> excuse me, so that, um, you know, customers can, can utilize that metaverse space also if they need to. Well, and obviously you guys are an emerging brand, but you're also part of a larger brand that's been around for a long time. So you've got, you know, as you said, 15 locations in development right now. Looks like, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to have um, your first one opening, actually opening in, in 2023. Where, whereabouts and, and when are we thinking that would be open? Yeah, you'll see um, two locations, one in San Antonio and one in Flower Mound, uh, coming out um, in uh, Q1 of uh, 2023, towards the end of Q1, maybe maybe the beginning of Q2, but somewhere right in that, uh, you know, call it March-April area, uh, you'll see those two locations coming out first. So when you guys were putting this idea together and then you went through the whole franchise process, which which I know you know and, 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 and I know and a lot of the people listening know is, is a whole process, right? I mean, it's a, it's a very, very um, important decision and one that takes a lot of thought and strategy. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys came to the decision that franchising would be the right avenue? Yeah. So with franchising, you know, again, this is more of a, a brick and mortar location, uh, type business. And uh, whereas EXP Realty, you know, wasn't, and so they were able to scale nationally as one business, this is brick and mortar. And um, it just made more sense from um, a scalability standpoint uh, to do this as a franchise versus uh, wholly company owned. Um, you know, the to 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 launch something on this scale as a, a company owned with brick and mortar all over the U.S. and eventually in other um, countries uh, would be a huge undertaking, and so to be able to do it as a franchise uh, just makes that scalability much easier. Are you planning on having any company owned locations? You know, interestingly, um, as far as I know, we are the only franchise to launch without a company owned location open. Um, and uh, right now we do not have any plans of having a company-owned location. And, uh, you know, with that, though, what we've done is instead of putting our resources into that company-owned location, uh, we've done two things. We've made sure that we've had a team of experts uh, to really dial in this model, right? And so that's a little bit different. Most times, um, you know, someone has an idea, they launch the, you know, the prototype location. Um, they tend to be, you know, just entrepreneurs. And uh, then the idea works. And so then they consider franchising. Uh, we went into this model knowing that we wanted to create a brand that we wanted to franchise right out of the gate. And so we put together a team of experts in, in all of the various points of this business uh, to really dial it in ahead of time. And now we're putting our resources 
into our initial franchisees um, to really make sure that they are successful and that there's multiple people with that entrepreneurial spirit uh, working on this model together with us. And what type of uh, franchisees are you looking for? You know, every every franchise model has an idea of who the ideal uh person or people are going to be to invest in the model. As you guys are kind of rolling this out and rolled this out, did you have somebody in mind? I mean, did you have somebody in terms of a background, in terms of experience um, and what you're looking for to, to, to position them for the best opportunity uh, for success? Well, initially we had, you know, the, the concept of that entrepreneurial spirit, right. And a risk taker, because again, um, you know, we're launching without a, a, a company-owned location. Um, and so, you know, that the risk taker was kind of uh, there as well. But what's really uh, interesting and what's come out uh, with this is someone that is very connected to their community. Um, and so community is something with this brand uh, that is just really uh, becoming a key word um, with with where we're placing these locations, with with who we're placing them with, uh, you know, et cetera. Well, it's interesting because, you know, you're right. I mean, most most concepts are going to have sort of those corporate locations that have been up and going. I think a little, maybe something that's a little bit unique and different um, for you guys is obviously you've got that whole success platform and brand and EXP behind you which a lot of emerging brands don't have from the get-go. So I, that, that does position you a little differently. And that had to come into the thought process when you guys were thinking about how you were going to launch this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have a 125-year-old brand, right, that's very recognizable. Uh, and so, you know, that definitely comes into play um, with launching this the way that we did. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that you could do that with, with – um, you know, a non-existent brand in place. So in our last couple of minutes here, Ted, uh, and I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all this, you know, tell me where you think, you know, the world's headed from the perspective of, you know, co-working and remote working. I know, obviously, you're going to say it's going to, you know, it's going to expand and continue to expand. But do you think that we're experiencing, you know, a retraction back to going a little bit to the office, but ultimately, you know, not all of the way. I mean, it seems to me like there's, I can just talk about my personal experiences. There seems to be a, a hybrid model that's developing. And I get in these conversations with my law partners and so forth about, you know, myself, I, I have the exact same setup, you know, at my house or some, some partners are at co-working spaces where you have a similar setup to what you have at the office. But as you said earlier on in the interview, you just don't have to drive all the way downtown. You don't have to, you know, take the 35, 40 minutes each way and do that. Um, are you seeing a, a real hybrid model evolving that's going to be around for the long term? Or do you think that it's eventually people are just going to kind of get back to what they did pre-COVID? Yeah, interesting question. And uh, I mean, to your point, right, it really um, is is one of the foundations of why we launched this. Uh, you know, one of my things that I always look at, right, is for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And, and, you know, everybody for so long, I mean, it was just the way we worked, right? We worked 
going into the office all the time. And then there had this huge swing uh, to, to no one going into the office. And so I think now we're going to settle back in the middle. Um, I think we're going to kind of settle back into a hybrid of, um, you know, uh, people working out of their house, uh, maybe going into an office every once in a while, but not really 100% wanting to stay in their house, right? People still need sociability, you know, the, the ability to socialize with people. Uh, you know, people still want, um, you know, a different um, atmosphere every now and then. Uh, you know, there's still, uh, you know, dogs barking or, or whatever it might be at home that they have to get away from. And so I think there is going to need to be a need for an office space. Uh, and I guess the question is going to be, um, you know, where will it eventually end up? I, I don't think it'll end up down, down the, the major market areas, um, you know, whether it's in co-working or whether it's in offices in the suburbs. Um, you know, we'll see. You're seeing a lot of corporations. I think I just saw uh, um, Twitter uh, released a bunch of space the other day. I think uh, um, uh, uh, there was a couple others I saw recently. Uh, Facebook, uh, who they, you know, Meta uh, released a bunch of office space. Uh, and I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see more and more corporations, uh, you know, as their, their leases come up, they're going to cancel. And then their question is going to be, what do we do with the, the workers? And so I think there's going to be that hybrid of working from home, working from uh, a meta space. And, you know, again, whether it's a co-working facility or whether it's a more localized office, I guess we'll see. It's interesting because I think it's obviously being driven by the up and coming workforce, right? That's that's used to or would like to have the flexibility of working remotely which which i think can include co-working i think those are mutually aligned to a certain degree i just saw a um an article about one of the top um one of the top retail places and 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 some interesting statistics about how a lot of these uh companies that were uh completely online are now looking to brick and mortar in, in sort of the retail type space, not maybe the downtown space, but but I always think that, you know, when you have people who are working from home to what you said, you know, sometimes there's the problem of you get too distracted at home. Other times there's a problem is that you never stop working at home. So it's always nice to have sort of that that space you go to uh, where co-working fits in fits in quite nicely. But but certainly I think there's um there's a demand uh, and the demand's going to continue to grow. And we've seen it over years, even, even before COVID, you started seeing all these co-working spaces popping up. I mean, it's probably, I could be getting these years wrong, but I'm going to say over the last five to 10 years, seen a lot of, of these type of opportunities um, popping up for both people who are, you know, tired of going downtown, but also, you know, as you indicated, the people who are starting businesses, trying to grow them, not wanting to just do it out of their house every day. Or, or at a Starbucks, you know, or, you know, having, having sort of the opportunity to do both. So I think that's kind of the market you guys are hitting. Yeah, well, uh, you know, and then with having that coach on hand too, right? If they're starting a business, to have that coach available to bounce ideas off of. Um, you know, what I love about the, the cafe uh, for our model is, you know, when you think about a Starbucks or whatnot, they tend to capture people for a, a short amount of time, right? Whether it's you know, call it maybe an hour, hour and a half is what maybe someone can work in one of those facilities. They get their coffee and their, their, 
pastry and they sit and work for a while. Well, our goal actually is to capture someone for the entire day. Uh, and so they come in with their coffee, you know, they, they get their coffee and their pastry for breakfast. They might work in the cafe for a little bit. They go back into the co-working facility. Maybe they meet with the coach. Uh, maybe they do a Zoom call, whatever it might be. They come out for lunch. They can meet with the client for lunch. So we have different, you know, flatbreads and sandwiches and whatnot for lunch. Go back in and work for a little bit. And uh, then come out around four o'clock for a glass of wine or a beer, uh, a charcuterie tray, uh, wind down a little bit and, uh, and go home. And uh, so, you know, really that's kind of our goal is with our, with our three revenue, you know, streams is to really capture that person uh, on all three streams uh, throughout the day. I think that's really smart. I think that's a really, really unique concept, and I thank you so much for coming on. If if anybody wants to l- learn more about the brand, I believe they can go to successfranchise.com. Uh, that's successfranchise.com. Um, is there any other place where they should go, Ted? Uh, or they can go to success.space, so www.success.space. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about the brand. And it looks like you guys are off to to a good start. And we'll be we'll be following it over the course of the next year or two. Excellent, Josh. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It really helps to get this show out to more and more people. Also, if you have any questions, have ideas for guests or topics, please email me, josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. That's josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. And finally, please note that this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes and is not in any way, shape, or form meant to be any kind of legal advice. If you're seeking legal advice, please contact a lawyer. Have a great one. Happy franchising.